The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 20. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of need, being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving, receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I have the lapel mic, but I'm not sure it's going to be strong. Enough. What do you think? Is that going to work? Yeah? You think we're good? Yeah. Okay. We'll see if it's good, and if it's not good, we'll switch. How's that sound? Hey, I'm really happy to be in your church in the middle of Nigeria today where it's nice and warm, and uh, I think that's awesome. It's like I feel like the missionary person who came in and said, but I'm not an African missionary. I was a missionary in a place that was as far north as Winnipeg, Canada. So we never had this heat. In fact, it was the other way. We'd sometimes show up at church on Sunday and go, oh, please, turn on some heat. We would just huddle up close and wear your coat. We used to say in Ukraine, there's no such thing about as bad weather. There's only poor clothing. So you dressed for it. You came to church, snuggled up, and that's what you did. Well, I don't know if we're going to have slides, but we're going to try. We're going to see what we can do. And if we have slides, great. If we don't, we won't worry about it. We have fans and we have a house full of God's people, so we're going to do this. Philippians 4, 10 through 20. Philippians is one of those places, Philippi, where Paul had passed through. Paul the apostle, the, the preaching missionary, the guy who basically blazed, blazed the trail for so many different things in ministry, and yet he's a guy who finds himself writing letters to churches, and sometimes he writes letters that are saying, I wish you had done more for me and other times he says you need to repent and get back right but this letter is a letter saying you have blessed me tremendously you have cared for me and now he's saying thank you he is a thankful partner that's exactly who he is that's what we want to see all missionaries be able to say that you were a thankful partner so I'm looking up at Kim and I'm going to ask her is the sound okay are we good up here if we're not okay, you got to tell me because it sounds great from where I'm at. Okay. 
Well, good. Well, we just read the scripture, so let's go ahead and push up to the next slide and you'll see it again. And it's really tiny print. That's so you have to kind of squint a little bit and check your eyes. But if you look at that passage of scripture, there's a lot that starts off. And the first thing Paul says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received, you have revived your concern for me. Rejoicing greatly because they had showed interest in him. So often I would meet a missionary on the foreign field and I'd ask them things like, hey, how are you doing? And they go, I'm doing okay. Has someone from your home church or someone back home reached out to you lately? And then they'd get quiet. They'd hold back some emotion because they had expectations that that church who said, oh, we love you, we're so happy for you, we're so proud of you, I'm so glad you're going. And when they gone, that church is busy with church things there, and the missionary kind of dropped off the map, so to speak. Time passes where people purposely intend to write that note, they purposely intend to send a message, they purposely intend to do something, and the missionary is also doing the same. They're purposely intending to send the update. They're purposely intending to write back and say, let me tell you what's going on so you can pray for me. But neither party is doing it. They both fail in doing that. But Paul says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. That type of concern is what we want. Let's look at the next slide. Missionaries rejoice when you show concern for them. I used to have a mailbox on the ground level of my multi-story apartment building. And when I would go to that mailbox in Kiev, Ukraine, I would put in my little key and I'd twist the key and I'd open it up and see if there was anything special in there for me. Usually what I got was an electric bill, sometimes a gas bill. Most of the time it was just what you get here junk mail from somebody that I don't know how they even knew I was there, but somehow they found me. I got one from, what was it, Crate and Barrel the other day. I'm thinking, I haven't been in a Crate and Barrel in forever. Anybody get the wine basket gift thing in the mail this week? I don't even know the name of the place, but I looked at it and go, why am I on their list? I've never bought anything from them. But when I was in Kiev, Ukraine, there was times when I'd open up my box and I would get a note from Cassville, Missouri. I never served a church in Cassville, Missouri, but I did a missions conference one time. I was literally there one day with a whole host of other missionaries. I didn't speak from the platform. I didn't do anything except stand at my table with all my trinkets from Ukraine and listen to people tell me about their mission trip where they went. Did you get that? I stood at my table and listened to them tell me about their mission trip where they spent five days in Guatemala five days in Costa Rica, somebody else spent five days here, three days there, two days there, and I'm thinking, I've been in Ukraine now for almost four years. I got something I'd love to share with you, but I will listen politely to your stories. And what I received from them was no care for me other than the invitation to come. However, one lady there opened up her Bible and showed me a picture of my wife and two kids that was in the State Baptist Paper of Missouri, and she said, I don't know why, but when I saw this, I cut it out and I carry it with me. I've been trying to get your address, but I've never been able to get a correct one. I've mailed you letters. Have you ever received them? And I'm like, no. 
So I gave her my correct mailing address. And I know that she was faithful in the past because when I got back to Kiev, Ukraine, I would open up that little box and guess what I would have there? Cassville, Missouri. I'd rip that thing open. I'd read this sweet little card. There would be a card signed by third graders. There'd be a card signed by ladies in the church. There'd be a card that she made the staff sign. There'd be cards that just little notes of stuff. And I just thought, man, who is this woman that just loves me so much? So when I'd go up and show my wife and my kids, they'd just go, who is she? i go, I, I met her that one time at the missions thing. I don't know. Other than she said, I pray for you. And I gave her our address. Somebody in Kiev, Ukraine, if this lady's still living, is probably still getting mail from her. That's how regular she was. But it's dis- disappointing for missionaries when they hear nothing from their church. Just as you're disappointed when you're not hearing anything from them. Both of us have to do better. The missionary needs to be better at reaching out to you, and you need to be faithful in reaching out to them. Well, let's go to the next slide. Well, I'm going to reread this passage of Scripture, starting with verse 11. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul's writing the church saying, I know how to be content. To be content means I will put aside my own personal desires. What I have is what I have. What you have is what you have. What I wish I had doesn't matter. I have what I have, and I'm good with that. I am content. He told the church, I know what it's like to be brought low. If there's any guy who knew what it meant to be brought low as a follower of Christ, Paul understood it. Beaten, shipwrecked, abandoned, cast out of the city, imprisoned, all those things. But he says he also knows how to abound. And I can imagine the church in Philippi saying, he got our stuff. He got the messages. He got the supplies for the mission. He got the need. I hope he's talking about us when he says he knows what it means to abound. Paul says, I learned how to live with plenty. He learned how to live with abundance. And he's also learned how to live in need. One of my first times to go to a mission meeting overseas, this is when They would say, everybody from this area of the world, we're going to get together, we're going to have a meeting, it's spiritual refreshment, they do like uh, disciple now kind of things for for youth, they do like vacation Bible school type things for the children. Uh, The missionaries would have a little bit of like talking about business and strategy stuff, but most of it was worship. I had my friend Kyle come up to me and he said, hey, I got to ask you something. This was his first mission meeting, and this was like my third So he figured I knew all that was going on, which I didn't. I was just there like he was. But Kyle said, hey, what's all this mumbling about the Wofford's new van? I said, what? He goes, yeah, everybody's talking. Hey, did you hear? The Wofford's have a new van. And he said, I said, well, yeah, so? And he goes, well, most people aren't saying that's a good thing. They're, They're like acting like there's something wrong with that. And I said, Dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know. I'll pay attention, though. I'll, I'll listen to see if somebody else says it. Sure enough, 
Next little break in session, I'm sitting down, I sit behind some people, and then somebody says, did you know that the Wofford's got a new van? And someone goes, yeah, I wonder what they need a van for. I mean, they don't have as many people on their team as we have on our team. Well, you know, we could have used a van. Well, I don't know why they got a van. We didn't get it. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. Here's missionaries squabbling because someone else got a van for their ministry, and they have not. And I thought, how absolutely unbecoming can that be? Why, why would missionaries begrudge a colleague who was given a van for their ministry, and they didn't? But I started investigating. You know what I found out? The van was a leftover van that was an old Volkswagen transporter that had a gazillion miles on it. It wasn't much of a van to get. In fact, it was the kind of van when you got in it and you turned the key, you said, Lord, please start. When you drove it, you said, Lord, please stop. When you put gas in, you said, Lord, quit making it eat like an elephant. Let me get where I go before I have to fill this beast up again. It was not a gift. It was a horrible thing to be given. And guess what it turned my friend Keith into? It turned him into the automatic anytime any person needed to move. Anytime any person needed to move something from point A to point B. Anytime there was a volunteer team in town, they said, oh, Keith the missionary has a van. Maybe he can help your team get from point A to point B. This thing was the worst thing that could ever happen to this brother while all these other missionaries are going, did you hear? The Wofford's got a new van. Do we not sometimes do the same thing in church? Do we not say, did you hear? When some other church has something or someone else in the church has something? And Paul says, don't be that person. Be content. If you have what you have, be happy that you have it. If you have not, be happy that you have Christ. If you have more than someone else, be generous. If you have less than someone else, humble yourself if you have need. And say, brother, I'm in need. Be content is what he's saying. Well, look at the next slide here. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We all know that verse. Uh, I Googled it. I, I, I like to do that. I take a verse in and I like to Google it. So I Googled it and looked for images. So I typed in the verse, Philippians 4.13, Google search, click the images, and every picture had something to do with someone either lifting weights above his head, hanging on to the edge of a cliff, uh, running and breaking the tape, uh, doing push-ups and sweating like at CrossFit. It was all about what they could do. Look at me, I'm so old. I can do this with Christ who strengthens me. I scored the goal. I made the touchdown. I ran the race. Man, I clung to the rock. Well, not really. I posed it. My friend took it. It looked like I was hanging off the cliff, but really it was just all fake. But anyway, that's not what this verse is about. I've got the image up there. It's about the missionary task. That's what Paul's saying. The Lord has given me all the strength I need and I can do the missionary task through Him. I can enter into a new mission field where there's no believers. I can do evangelism with people who need to hear the gospel. I can gather people together to disciple them. I can bring them together and, with Christ and make them into a church. With Christ's leadership, with His strength, I can develop leaders and I can also like exit and send them out to other places to do the same thing and we can keep that cycle going. Paul's not talking about 
I can climb a mountain or I can lift a weight or I can run a race. What he's saying is Christ strengthens me to do the missionary task. So if you've got that on your wall in your house somewhere or in your home gym, you better be thinking about it the right way. You see that verse and you go, okay, he has strengthened me to be a gospel witness. I will share my faith. He is strengthening me to be a disciple maker. I will be a disciple and I'm going to strive to help others become disciples. I want to be a part of what the church is doing to form more bodies of believers. I want to join that task. You know what? I want to develop as a leader and I want to help others develop as leaders who follow Christ. And you know what? If there's a need somewhere else, Lord, if it's you calling me, give me the strength to say yes. I can do it with you. I'm not going there without you or in my own strength. I'm going in your strength. That's what that verse means. It doesn't mean anything else. Are you, did you understand that? Now, I know that when the fan's on at my house, it's nighttime and it's time to go to sleep, but you need to wake up. Stay with me. Well, let's look at the next couple of slides, and we've got verses to read again, and I know we've already heard them, but I want to read them once more. Paul says to the church at Philippi, Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me to help for my needs, and once and again, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Aphrodite the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. The next slide, I have some bulleted points pulled out there. Paul said things like, you shared in my troubles. A missionary loves it when they can call and say, hey, I've got a problem. And people say, what is it? Tell us. I'm sorry. How can we help? Are you going to be okay? What can we send you? Who can come to help you? Sharing in troubles is great. That next bullet point says, entered into partnership. But if I would have done it right, I would have said, no church entered into partnership except you. There might be a missionary out there that you have a touch point with this Delta Church and they're looking around going, we've got no one else but Delta. <laughs> no one else is writing us a note. No one else is sending us a gift. No one else is coming alongside us except Delta. And if Delta doesn't come forward and doesn't help and doesn't support, then that means we've got nobody. Do you know how important it is for the missionary who has that one partner who's been faithful for that they have regular contact with them? It lets them not worry about what's next and lets them say, man, I'm glad we've got Delta as partners. They are a good partner. As soon as I see, hear from them, they're going to hear back from me. As soon as I send them a note, they send me a note back. They're with me. So what did the Philippi church do? They gave and received. They gave to support Paul, but what did they receive from Paul? Encouragement. They received challenges. They received Christ's love. He was there from the beginning. And Paul says that he has received their full payment. 
They owe him nothing. They've given him all that he'd ever expected. He's, it's, it's like it's been completely paid. It's everything. And he can say, because of their gifts, he is well supplied. Missions endeavors around the world are always saying, I wish we were well supplied. I had a, a chance, quick conversation uh, about the Washington Street Mission the other day. And it was something that I wasn't expecting to hear Steve say. But he said, I said, how are things going? He said, well, it's okay. And I said, what's been happening? He goes, man, the price of sugar is killing us. I wasn't expecting to talk about Washington Street Mission and the price of sugar. But he says that when we put out coffee, put out tea, sugar gets used in copious amounts in every cup. And so for one, one cup of sugar, there's like multiple teaspoons of sugar. And he says it's, it's actually adding up to the point where we notice it. We notice how much sugar is going out the door. And I asked him, so where are, do, you, do you have enough? Are you doing it? He goes, well, we, we're always running short. And I thought, here's a brother that needs to be well supplied in sugar. Who would have thought that a five-pound bag of sugar dropped off at Washington Street Mission would be like, dude, just what we needed. Five-pound bag of sugar. Awesome. Thank you. We'll use that up in five minutes. That's, that's what happens. If you've got a mission you support and they're near, drop in on them once in a while and say, hey, do you have what you need? Is there something we could, we could gather up for you? What, what is it you're asking for? And it might be something as simple as one extra thing of sugar in the cart at hy V. It might be as simple as that. It may be more, but it could be just as simple as that. And what did Paul say that this was that they gave him? It was like a sacrifice at the temple before God. It was a fragrant offering, a true sacrifice, and it is pleasing to God. Delta Church, when you give to missions and give to missions cause, it should be as if it's a fragrant offering that's carried up and set on the altar before God. And then it's taken and it's received up to heaven and God says, I like that. Well done, church. Well done. It's pleasing to God. When it's a scrawny, sickly, lame, blind sheep, not worth selling anyway, and we offer that up to God, it gets rejected. It's not received. It's not pleasing. It's not put on the altar. It's of no value. So examine how you give. Examine what you offer. I have to do the same myself. I'm richly blessed. I have more than a person should have or need. So when offerings come around, I'm glad that my wife is the person of compassion and mercy because if it was always left up to me, it would be a smaller gift. But she's the one who says, I think we can give this much. I'm like, oh, really? She goes, yes, I think we can. I go, well, all right. I'm not going to tell her less. I hope someone in your family has that gift of compassion who says, we can do this. We can do this. This is okay. Yes, we can do a little more. We're okay. Don't be like me in the household who's like, if it was only up to me, it'd be like, eh. be the person who says, we can economize, we can do a little bit more. 
If you don't have that person in your household, you need to look at each other after service today and say, tag, you're it. You got to be that person because I'm struggling. Can you be that person? Oh man, you can't. All right, pray for me. I'll try to be that person. Okay, I'll pray. No, let's pray for each other. Let's both be that person. That's what we need. The next slide has three words on it. It's really simple. We as a mission church, we should be praying. We should be giving and we should be going. It doesn't mean everyone can go. It doesn't mean everyone gives the same amount. But it does mean that we can all be praying. Every one of us can be praying for the mission efforts of Delta Church and other churches. We can all be giving whatever it is we can give. Whether it is this, and that's all you've got, but that's it. Or whether it's this, it doesn't matter. It's what God puts on your heart to say, lend this to me, I've lended it to you. Give it back in return as a sacrifice. And there will be some people in this fellowship who God will say, I need you to go. I need you to go. I need you to go. And you're saying, go where, Lord? And that's when you say, I'll go. My wife and I had been in the military in Germany. We were there when the Berlin Wall came down. So late 80s, early 90s. Blocks of Eastern nations started coming apart. The Iron Curtain was no more. Refugees were flooding west. Our little off-post church, Calvary Baptist Church, ended up having, of all things, Romanians show up. I started doing Bible studies at the refugee houses just because our pastor said, hey, we need someone to go. You could do that, couldn't you? And I'm like, yeah, I work shift work, but yeah, I could probably do it like, you know, at least two times of the year. I could either, you know, when I'm late shift, I could go in before, and if it's day shift, I can go in afterwards. So yeah, I'll do that. What came of that was a sense of awareness of people in the East Block had known all about God. They even had churches in Romania. They still do. But very few people had something like this. They didn't have a copy of God's Word themselves. This was way before the days of having it electronically. And many of them would say, I, didn't, I had a grandmother who had some kind of faith, but I don't know anything. So we did very basic Bible studies with them. Out of that came more responsibilities in my church to the point of saying, you know, they're wanting to draw down the military, and I, I don't know what it means, but I just feel like this is what God wants me to do. And my pastor says, then you should get out and you should go. I go, go where? He goes, go get equipped and then come back and do something else. Okay. So we found ourselves packing up with one boy and a wife out to here. We end up in Kansas City, sight unseen, never been to the seminary there. Studied at the seminary, ended up at a little open country church, eight miles from town, a quarter mile off the blacktop. Those poor people had to endure so much bad leadership for me that they're saints. They actually invited me back 30 years later for a homecoming service. There were still four people from that original congregation there, but they were a whole new church that kept reinventing itself. They still have about 45 people on Sunday, but there were four people who goes, oh, we loved it when you were here. We were so happy when you were here. We, we, just, we were so glad to have you back. And guess what was on the back wall of their church? A little flyer thing embroidered that was hanging on the wall that spelled in Cyrillic alphabet, Ukraina, Ukraine. I had mailed that to them our first month on the field and said, hey, if you could just remember to pray for us while we're on the field, uh, just I don't know, put this somewhere. When I walked in and saw that on the wall, 30 years later, 
I thought either they're just really lazy and don't remodel, so I checked the bulletin board and sure enough, there were a couple of old things, but also new things. Or there was someone who said, we don't take that down. We pray for Ukraine. And how much more appropriate today with all that Ukraine's going for that they walk in and see that and go, we need to pray for them. See, as a missionary, there's things that happen to you when you start serving and then you start going, but then people come along beside you and support you. I hope that there's some in this group right now that would say, man, God's stirring something in me. I, I don't know what it is, but it's time for me to get serious about this. Maybe God's putting on your heart to say, Pastor, there's a need. What could I do? Pastor, there's a place. Where could I go? There's something happening. Trust me. I guarantee your pastor would love to help you work that out. I don't think he's going to be upset with anyone who says, you know, I feel like God's called me to the nations. I don't think he's going to cuff you and say, nope, you've got to stay right here. He's going to actually unlock the keys and say, let's equip you and get you going. Let's get you there. And it may be that the nations is one community over. Or it may be across the state or somewhere else. I don't know. But if God's stirring in your heart to go, don't say no. Say yes. He should be stirring in all of our hearts to give. And I hope every one of us is praying. Well, look at this next slide. This next slide has all the different ministries that your missions offering is covering. Look at, look at that list. You guys are all over the place touching lives with this mission offering. When I went through it, I, I asked Pastor Jonathan, I said, hey, can you like send me a listing of some, you know, the ministries you guys touch? I, I don't want to make mention of something that, you know, maybe you don't do and I just assume you do. And when I got the list, I'm like, whoa. International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, Illinois Mission Offer, Harbor Network, Redeemer Church, Washington Street Mission, Hope Orphanage, Rebecca Miller in the Dominican Republic, Ilio in Italy, Relevant Practical Men Ministry. We got a missionary in London. You guys are touching so much. The question I have for you, are you hearing back from any or all of them? Some of them probably are very faithful to get back to you, especially those lone individuals who you know their name. And when they get something from you, they're like, that's from Delta Church. But I know that sometimes our bigger agencies, International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, even our Illinois Baptist State Association, you're going, we give to that, but do we know anybody? Well, with IMB, International Mission Board, let me tell you about one missionary who I know that this offering is blessing. I want to tell you about a guy named Mike Domke. Michael Domke served his church in San Jose, Florida. He was started going overseas doing videography for another missionary who said, hey, we need to like capture some video. Is that something you can do? And he came and started capturing video, making little promo things that this missionary now could use when he sent them out to other people to say, hey, here's how you can pray for me. Here's the ministry we're doing. Now this goes back before you could quickly edit something on your iPhone and mess with it and send something out. This is back when you had those really fiddly video things and it was just, it was a nuisance to do it. But Mike started doing that. What happened though is Mike himself found himself going, I'm not content to make the video, I need to go. 
he ended up being a team leader under my supervision in Kiev, Ukraine. He's now one of those guys, because of the war, he's had to evacuate, so now he's in Budapest, Hungary. But from Budapest, he continues to reach out to a network of missionaries and others who are helping Ukrainian refugees. He himself is going in about once a month, making touch points with church planters across Ukraine, encouraging them, bringing in resources that you help provide through your North American Mission Board and International Mission Board called Send Relief. When you make an offering here, some of it goes to Send Relief, and some of that ends up going to places like Ukraine into the hands of a missionary named Michael Donkey, who you've never met, but Michael Donkey knows a whole network of church planters to the tune of about 14 million plus has been put into projects because of your giving, all of our collective giving towards the ministry needs in Ukraine in that crisis. You'll never have Michael Domke here. Maybe you will. I doubt it. He can't come in and say thank you. So I'm telling you for Mike. Mike and Julianne Domke say thank you to you. Thank you, Delta Church, for taking care of them. They say thank you. You're blessed to have a North American Mission Board in your midst. You get updates from what's going on with them all the time. Charles is a great ambassador for them. We love that. We have connections with Washington Street Missionary Mission right here in our midst. These ministries need your support and they need to hear from you. They need a note. They need a card. They need a face-to-face. They need a hug and a handshake. They need your prayers. Let's not, let's not neglect them. Be the good partner they need. Well, let's go on to the next slide. Paul starts wrapping up this passage, Philippians 4.19, and he says, My God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's writing that to the Philippian church saying, You've been so gracious in giving to me, but hey, don't forget, God will supply your needs too. I know Delta Church has needs. They have a budget. They're trying to accommodate and cover different things. But Delta Church, each one of us as individuals have budgets. Inflation's hitting us all. Stopping at the gas pump without our high V points is getting tougher. We're just trying to figure out how to make it from check to check. It's not as easy as it was. Yet, could we not have faith and say, you know, I'm going to give as the Lord leads. I'm not going to be foolish, but I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to trust that God will provide. And it's difficult sometimes. I've already told you, I'm the person in my household who tends to, are you sure? I'm that person who hesitates. So if you're a person who hesitates, it's, it's me and you together. It's not me saying you shouldn't be that way. It's me saying, yeah, I'm that way too. But could we please trust God? Could I trust God? If He puts on my heart to give a little more, then I should do it. If He speaks to me and says, that's foolish, don't do it. You can't do that. You've got to care for your family. You can't do that. But here's what you can do. Prayerfully ask God, what can I do? And then obediently do what He says. 
That's what all of us do when we give to missions. And the last verse is this. This is the doxology of this passage. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. All that we do in missions, all those things that were on the board, all those ministries, all those people, it is not so Delta Church can say, check us out. Let's hear about our mission offering. We had a goal of 15,000, but we got 16,525.2. Check us out. No. Whether you collect 8,000 or 80,000, it's to God's glory. It's not to yours. It's not to your pastors. It's not to any of ours. It's to God's glory. We celebrate what God has done through us for His mission and His ministry. Just like the missionary, wherever they're at, if there's someone who comes to Christ, it's not them, it's God working and allowing them to humbly be a part of that. Whatever it is, it's to God's glory. And that forever and ever is very important. People will be touched by the ministries that we saw on the screen. People's lives can be changed with the gospel that flows through those ministries. And that's a forever change. Their current situation might not change very much. But just like that little bitty bit I sometimes try to give and feel like it's enough, that's how much life is compared to eternity. That change that we've invested in for them to hear the gospel and make an eternal change for Christ may not change their circumstances completely here. It will some. But that eternal change will go on forever and ever and ever. And not only will the missionary be saying, thank you for coming behind us and supporting us, the persons who they touch and the persons who you touch with the gospel will be able to give glory to God the Father forever and ever. Well, I don't know about you, but it's hot in here. If you're uncomfortable about missions and missions giving, don't blame it on the heat. It may be God saying, you know what? It's time to get serious about your missions giving. You need to prayerfully seek me for that. Prayerfully ask God what, what it is He wants you to do. Will you do that? These missionaries and these ministries that you say we're behind are saying, please, please do it. And I pray that they and you together would be incredibly faithful partners to God's glory for His kingdom forever and ever. Amen.